Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Entos Community Church. My name is Aiden. I am the summer intern again this year. Um, as you know, some of you may know, uh, when I talk, I have a tendency to run. So um, if you notice me going off on, you know, getting a bit faster, feel free to, I don't know, stir rotten tomatoes or something. Um, I just want to say that I am very blessed to be up here. I've already had like over half a dozen people tell me that they've been praying for me and I just want to express my gratitude in that. Um, yeah, prayer is one of the most powerful things we have as the church and I am very proud to be a part of a church that um, uses that so consistently and so generously. Uh, yes, so Speaking about running off with your tongue, with your mouth, um, the other day Pastor Micah was talking to, um, to his wife and he said something that he probably shouldn't have said. And so he went back into the kitchen and got some herbs and chewed it and went back and died and fixed what he said. It was time travel. <laughs> um, yeah, just a disclaimer, I made up that story. You don't have to worry about our pastor chewing any special herbs. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about time. Let me get up my piece of paper first. Hmm. Some people are very aware of how short their lives are. So oftentimes, they fill their schedule with as much as they can and try to keep busy. Other people, people like me, have the mindset that the world is gonna wait for them. When my, uh, when my mom talks about uh, Champ, a uh, horse that we used to have, um, she often says that he, Champ, and I were very similar. We just plod along, not really worried about anything, just thinking that the world is gonna wait for us. So, Especially in our culture, people are extremely busy trying to accomplish everything that they have to do, or we're not appreciating our time very well at all, and don't really try our hardest to accomplish everything we should. Good thing I accomplished the sermon today, eh? Um, but how much of our business, how much of our accomplishments, how much of our plans really mean anything? In a hundred years, Everything that you have done will be gone. It'll be like it never happened. When we are trying to accomplish anything apart from, God, apart from God's will, it ultimately ends in meaninglessness. And then there's the other side of the spectrum. At the beginning of this last season, Lots of people were saying, now I'll have so much time to, to do this, to, to work out, to read more, to spend more time with your kids or your parents. But how many of us actually accomplished those things that we thought we were going to have so much time to do? Not very many people, eh? <laughs> Maybe you thought you had more time to read God's word and spend time with God. But how many of us actually took advantage of those opportunities? I know I didn't. The problem isn't that we don't have enough time, not enough time to accomplish everything we should. The problem is that we don't understand the significance and importance of our time. 
We aren't in a position to even understand the importance of today, much less the importance of tomorrow. Only God knows how truly important each second is, which is why James says we need to surrender our plans to God. Before we jump into uh, the scripture today, I'd like to bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Father, uh, for this opportunity to come before you and and worship you, God. Uh, I pray that your spirit would be active among us today uh, and that you would would, uh, speak to each person, Lord, and use your word to guide your church. In these things I pray, amen. So, James 4... 13 to 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So in this passage, James is addressing merchants. And I found that interesting when I was studying this, uh, this scripture. Just wondering, why, what was the purpose of, of James referring to merchants here? But if you think about it, if you're a merchant and you're taking care of a business and dealing with people and with products and with money, don't you think that scheduling your time is very important? I know just from being in school, I've learned how important scheduling is. Who here owns a business? How important is it for you guys to be scheduling your time? It's very important. But James is, is trying to say that actually it can show arrogance, that I have the power to decide what I am doing today and tomorrow. Even through COVID, who could have planned and prepared for the year we just had? No one. We assume that we have much more control than we do, and we boast in our arrogance. So, what do you guys think that God's perspective is on how we should be using our time? Wisely, yes, that's probably a good idea. Pardon? Yes, spending time with him. Do what really counts. Yes. First of all, we have to realize that your time is not your own. Therefore, everything we should we we live for should be for God's purposes in submission to God's will. This is what James is trying to say about our lives. 
Our time spent here on the earth is not our own. We are on God's time. So a really simple question. Did you wake up this morning? Yes. Most people are like, I'm assuming you're awake. <laughs> was it really your decision to wake up? Or was it the grace of God? Every second of life is a gift from God. Every breath in our lungs. Should we not be using those gifts in worship of him? Do we realize how insulting it is to God to be using the blood that covers us to accomplish things that are ultimately meaningless? Our time is bought. Our lives are like a mist that vanishes. We need to be using our precious time in submission to the one who gave it to us because only under his will will our graciously given time accomplish anything meaningful. James here, he doesn't attack our desire to make plans and look to the future. What James is attacking is our desire to plan our own lives apart from God. James even goes as far as to say, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. When we fail to use our time for God's purposes, we are living in in sin. How many of us struggle with, struggles with this? Struggles with wasting the precious gift of, gift of time? Who struggles with insulting God with our use of our time? This is something that we need to confess. So I'd like to uh, give us the time and space to enter into that. You guys can, if you feel comfortable, comfortable, uh, gather into small groups uh, and bring your heart before God. And yeah, bring about um, how you use your time because I doubt for many of us that we use it as submissively as we should. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I'll give you about a minute. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Thank you that we can have the boldness to come before you, God, 
in our sin. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that, uh, that covers us, God. Thank you that you have forgiven us and that we have assurance in you. Amen. So the next question that we need to be asking ourselves is what, what prevents us from using our time well? Why can't we do it? Who here remembers Micah's sermon last week? He talked about how there's a wrong way to pray and there's a right way to pray. We pray wrongly because we pray according to our passions, according to our own wants. And just like praying, there's also a wrong way to plan. The problem is that we plan according to our own passions, according to our own wills. So July 1st, everything is supposed to be opened up. Now who here is excited to be able to do things again? How many of us have so many things we wanna plan, so many things we wanna get done? Question that we should be asking ourselves is what is the motivation behind those plans? Do you feel now that the restrictions are going to be gone that you have more control over your life, your lives? Maybe we have the opportunity now to reorient our lives on Christ and realize that our time is not our own and that we have no control. Here's, that, here's what we all need to realize. Living for the glory of God is the only thing that will last into eternity. God has given our existence, given us our existence, so that we can glorify him and enjoy him forever. This is why every day and every moment that God gives us is a choice to worship him with our lives or to insult him with our selfish ambitions. Scripture teaches a few things about this. Psalm 90.12 says, so teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Someone over here said something about living wisely. Proverbs 16.9 says, the heart of man plans his way but the Lord establishes his steps. First John 2.17 says, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So, just like we should be doing in prayer, we should be drawing near to God so that he can draw near to us. We should be bringing our wants into God's wants. We should bring our plans into God's plans. A saying that, that Pastor Micah uh, 
introduced me to this past week goes like this. Only one life soon, only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. So some questions to ask yourself is, do you actually care what God wants for your life? Do you actually trust God with your life to do things that he wills? Either we can devote our time and our life to Jesus, or we pour our time and energy into something else. But will that something else be enough? Will it provide you with meaning? Will it provide you with a secure identity? Will it die for you? The first thing you have to realize is that your time is not your own. God created, created you and sustains your life. Your responsibility is to him. So then, what does it look like to realize that your time is not your own? Maybe we have to uh, wake up first thing in the morning and just acknowledge that reality before God. Maybe next time you sit down and plan your summer, your budget and finances, uh, your work schedule, you need to sit down and ask for God's guidance and include him in your decisions. Because oftentimes we think that it's easier to just ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Have you allowed God to take things away from your life so that you can rest in his presence? I know this has, is something that God has been teaching me lately because if, I'll, I'll recap from last year, my conversation with God um, was that um, my motivations were all wonky. I, uh, I didn't read my Bible because I wanted to spend time with God. I read my Bible so that um, I could grow in knowledge and I could better myself. Uh, there was so many things that I did that were godly, but I didn't do them to spend time with God. And my, my posture towards him was, I am going to use you to fix myself. And he showed me all that. And then as I left uh, this position last year and went back to school, um, my conversation with God, God um, died isn't the right word, he stopped talking. And I thought that that meant, uh, well, God showed me the problem, now I have to fix it. Um, and I unwittingly fell right back into that same pattern of trying to fix myself and not really caring what God wanted. And a, a friend that I made at college made a very uh, helpful observation that maybe God just wanted me to rest in his presence. And that really, it kind of hit me because I had no idea how to do that. 
I had no idea how I was supposed to, to rest in God's presence. So for some practicality, there's this book here called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook that I'm going to steal from. And in terms of, of slowing down um, and whether or not you have too much in your life and are neglecting God. There's some, there's some questions for us. Are you addicted to hurry, to rush and adrenaline? How do you feel about being stuck behind cars that go slowly? How do you react to slow sales clerks? What is your response to children who dawdle? What is it like for you to choose to do things slowly? When do you rely on adrenaline or even caffeine to get through a tough part of the day? What is it like for you to eat slowly rather than eating quickly? How have deadlines, timelines, and bottom lines affected the pace of your life? What sort of power have you given to these imaginary lines? What options do you have? Some exercises that uh, the book suggests uh, to slow your life down, um, to give room to God, is before you begin a meeting, say something like, I want to give you a moment of silence to leave behind what you are coming from. I want us to be present to each other in our decisions together, in our discussions together. Take some deep breaths and relax. We'll start in a minute. Just giving some time to rest. Speak up. Okay. People who are rushed often feel anxious about their lives. So when you wake up, before your head leaves the pillow, offer God three central concerns for the day. What do you have to get done? Or what are you worried about? Ask him to care for these things as you go about your daily tasks. When your worries creep in, return to the moment when you handed God your concerns because he's really the one in control. Enter into prayer in a leisurely way. You may wish to use palms downs, palms up. Uh, That refers to another part in the book, and I'm not going to do that. So (laughs) pray leisurely. Don't be rushed. Intentionally drive in the slow lane. This might be something I have to do. Intentionally choose the longest line at the bank or grocery store. Intentionally sit longer over your meal. Intentionally chew your food. Intentionally take a longer shower. Relish the time. Be in the presence of God. And an important thing to be doing when you are spending these times in silence or in rest with God is to be paying attention to what rises to your mind. Uh, 
maybe you just can't get your mind off of work, that would be something important to bring to God. Insert margins of rest and relaxation into your day, remembering that it is better to be unavailable than inattentive. Counter gut reactions that arise from feeling threatened or insecure by breathing slowly and deeply. Breathe in Christ's presence. Breathe out your anxiety and fear. Breathe deeply several times before you speak and respond. Read slowly when you're in your Bible. Read for transformation rather than information. When a word stands out or lights up, stop. Let let the the word roll around in your heart. Do not read anymore. Meditate on what you have read. So especially in our culture, people are very busy. People are very, very gung-ho. And we need to be careful to take time from our day and to really be to, com- to commit that time to God. But in addition to that, we need to remember that that's not the only time that is God's. Every second of our day is God's. And we need to be acknowledging that and to be treating God's God's sacrifice of blood with respect and with reverence because spending time wasting that sacrifice can be harmful. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up and I'm gonna close in prayer. Thank you for your sacrifice, God. Thank you for for knowing the plans that you have for us. Lord, uh, we ask for your forgiveness uh, that because we do not use our time well, Lord. We take our time for ourselves and we deceive ourselves into believing that we have control and that our time is ours to use however we wish. But the reality is, God, that our time is yours. While we are on this work, on this work, while we are on in this world, we are on the clock for you. I pray that you would remind each and every one of us to to punch in for work every day, to uh, spend those precious moments with you. In your most precious son's name, Jesus, amen.